It's getting to the time of year when hay fever starts to become a problem for many people and experts are forecasting that this summer could be a particularly bad one for pollen. Some new research suggests that the effects of pollen disturb people during the day but can also lead to less sleep, causing even more upset and irritability. To find out more and get some advice on coping with hay fever, I'm joined by Dr Peter Burt, an aerobiologist at the University of Greenwich, and Tom Callis, a boots pharmacist. Now, Peter, first of all, what does an aerobiologist do? Uh, Aerobiology is the study of the airborne dispersal of biological material. So that includes airborne pollen and spores, insects as well. Uh, Although broadly, the term aerobiology is now taken to be synonymous with studying um, aeroallergens like pollen. So you must be very interested in the pollens that are around us then? Oh, yes, yes. And are there lots of different types? Yes, uh, pollen is in the air almost all the year. It starts um, when trees start releasing pollen, which can be as early as mid-January, right the way through until potentially the end of October when the, the nettle season finishes. And is summer the worst point in the year for pollen? Yes and no. Um It depends on what people react to. Um, If an individual responds to tree pollen, most of the trees flower and produce pollen in the spring. If it's grass pollen that people react to, and most people do, grass pollen is the most common aeroallergen people react to, uh, that's in the summer. But some people don't have any problems until the autumn when it's the weed season. And some unfortunate people, um, they start in the early early part of the spring and go right the way through to the summer because they react to everything. Tom, as a pharmacist, is this a time of year you would start to see people complaining about having hay fever? Absolutely. As Peter was saying, we get a range of different patients and customers coming in all throughout the uh, the spring, summer and autumn months. So it can really vary depending on what they specifically are allergic to and what triggers triggers them and what sets them off. Essentially, there's no one-size-fits-all. Um, it will vary from person to person. And how many people in the UK do we think actually suffer from hay fever? So it's still the 18 million people in the UK currently suffer with hay fever at least once a year. And of those, Boots UK have done a piece of research which suggests that 64% of those hay fever sufferers suffer with something which we've coined as insnesia, which are these nighttime symptoms of hay fever, um, keeping us up at night time. So it's kind of like an insomnia-esque type effect. So that knock-on effect from nighttime <coughs> hay fever symptoms, decreasing quality of life during the day from increased tiredness and reduced wakefulness. I guess we must usually associate hay fever with the daytime, but if we're carrying those pollens on our bodies and perhaps on pets and things like that, do they then just get transferred into our bedroom or home environment? Absolutely, and pets are notorious for bringing pollen into the house as well, so if they've been out and about during the day, trying to keep pets out of the bedroom, if that's where you're going to be sleeping, is really good advice. And things like keeping your windows closed at night time, just to stop anything from coming in. It might be warm, but you can put your pillow in the freezer for a few minutes just to help cool your head down. And even things like hanging your laundry inside if possible, because if you're going to hang your bedding outside during the day when there's all that pollen around and then take it inside and use it as your bedding, you're going to be getting even more pollen. Peter, how small is pollen? How small can it be? Well, we measure pollen grains in the size uh, scale of microns, which is 10 to the minus 6 of a metre, or probably something easier for someone to visualise would be it's a thousandth of a millimetre. So have a look on a ruler. (laughs) and see the division, see a millimetre division and imagine that divided into a thousand subdivisions. 
most pollen grains are probably on the order of a, an average of about 60 microns in size, but they do vary. Some are much smaller than that, some might be down to about 20 microns, some are bigger, maybe 100 microns. So we're talking small, really. Yeah, really we, small. we can't see these things. They're in the air all the time. We can't see them. So it must be very easy for us walking around to pick them up and for them to cling to us. Yes, they cling to us and we breathe them in. Well, we all breathe in airborne pollen. We breathe in airborne spores as well. For those of us that don't suffer from hay fever, they enter our respiratory tracts, and very often they're caught in the nose hairs or the hairs in our upper respiratory tract, and they're gradually worked back out into the into the atmosphere, or we sneeze them out or whatever. But for those people who suffer from hay fever, once they get into the uh, respiratory tract or in contact with the skin surface or uh, eyes, any mucous membrane, the chemicals in the um, in the pollen and the coating of the pollen cause the immune system to overreact and that generates the hay fever symptoms. Tom, do you also see people struggling with their eyes? Uh, a lot of people do get affected by that as well, but perhaps they think mostly about their sneezing and sniffling. Absolutely. So it's those mucous membranes like the eyes, the nose, the mouth. This is where the pollen grains that we breathe in or taken from the air can land on and cause these allergic responses. So absolutely, we can see a range of different symptoms and everyone's hay fever isn't the same. So someone may have a different symptom set to someone else. So someone may just suffer with that conjunctivitis of the eyes due to hay fever, so runny and itchy eyes. Someone else may have that and sneezing. Someone may present with just sneezing. So it is a wide range of symptoms. In terms of the eyes, what could we do to alleviate the symptoms? So there are some things you can do, such as just wearing wraparound sunglasses late on into the evening as well to avoid pollen getting into the eyes. But there are antihistamine drops out there as well and other different types of medicated drops that you can get from your local pharmacy. The best thing to do there is to pop in and chat to your local pharmacist just to make sure that they're going to be all right with any medicines you may be taking or if you've got any other conditions, they're not going to interfere with those. But absolutely, there are solutions out there. And as you mentioned before, insnesia, this uh, phrase that you've coined, if people are sleeping less because of their symptoms of hay fever, they're going to be much more irritable and I guess less productive and less happy in life in general. Absolutely. And I think sometimes it's easy to trivialise hay fever when we ban the term around um, and think of it as just sneezing. People who suffer with hay fever over the whole season, losing their good quality of sleep, it really does impact on their quality of life. So if you've got this cold like set of symptoms all day long and then you can't get to sleep at night, it is going to make you a lot more tired and a lot less likely to go out and see your friends and a lot less, a lot less happy in general. So it can have a huge impact on your quality of life. And Tom, is there anything else that contributes to how we feel with hay fever? Um, Pollution can play an impact on conditions such as asthma and any particles coming into the airways can trigger allergic responses if you're sensitised to them essentially. But pollution does play a big role with um, asthma and general breathing, but absolutely it can, can play a role as well. Where could listeners maybe find some more information on this topic? There's lots that we could learn. Um, there's lots of resources online so for the products that we stock in store there's the boots.com website and that goes into great depth about what medicines that you can use there's websites such as patient.co.uk or NHS Choices which explains hay fever and any medicines that you can use in simple easy to understand language or specifically about pollution or hay fever there's Allergy UK have a great website and resources as well Dr Peter Burt and Tom Callis thanks for your great advice thank you thank you